it's time. It's Friday. Let's have a show. I'm awake. I slept, I think. Yeah, I slept. I slept okay. But we're here. We're gonna do a show. And here we go. In three, two, Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Today is Friday, January 10th, 2020. Still weird. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. <sighs> mm. Well, I hope all of you out there are ready for a great day and a great weekend. I hope the week has been kind to you. I hope everything's going well. I have been busy as heck. You know what I worked on yesterday? Do you know what I worked on yesterday? I'll tell you. Another book. So if you get the newsletter, good morning Frank, if you get the newsletter you know that we have been slowly giving you chapters for the first part, the origin story of Master Hopkick, who is the, the official, I guess, Whistlekick mascot that we've done almost nothing with. Master Hopkick was uh, drawn by a friend based on my pet rabbit who had passed away wow, over five years ago now. Man, doesn't feel like that one. And he's going to lead the children's efforts. But when I say children's efforts, I don't just mean like we're going to put his logo on some stuff for little kids. We're going to start with a book, an illustrated book. I don't know how much illustration, but it'll be illustrated. And from there, who knows? So I've got 10 chapters to get through. I think we've released eight in newsletter form. You can also go to masterhopkick.com and I think the whole thing, the first draft is there. That's the unedited draft. And put that up. She did a great job. She's been killing it lately. Uh, but I wanted to edit it for a lot of reasons. Nuance, um, you know, just make sure that it, the the vibe was right and everything. And I got through eight chapters of that yesterday. And that took a while, but it's a great story. I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's got some historical elements. And once it's done, then we start dealing with the illustration part. And I'm hoping that we have that out in the next couple months. So it'll be fun. There's a lot of things we can do from that. Of course, you know, t-shirts graphic novels, and audio, and hopefully, you know, the big stuff, animated series and toys and, and all the things that can be very lucrative. Because let's do that. What else did I do yesterday? Did a bunch of consulting work, went to the gym, a bunch of email. Yeah, I did a lot of work. 
but other than working on that book, nothing really that fun. I am actually taking today off. Once I'm done with the first cup, I'm out. That actually looks kind of fun with the camera. I'm out. Uh, gonna go spend a couple days away, uh, headed to Montreal, and just looking forward to getting out of here for a couple days. Just... You know, one of the things I feel really blessed about, and it took me years to realize this, is what an amazing city Montreal is and how close it is. Montreal's less than three hours away. It's as close as Boston, and I like Boston. But Montreal, as it has been described, thank you, Frank. Frank says I deserve it. Um, Montreal is like a true European city in, in vibe. Um, of course, it's in Canada, so people are pretty nice. Uh, the exchange rate's good, and there's a ton to do. Much of the time, it is somehow warmer despite going north, and I've been there a number of times and, and always have fun being in Montreal, so. Yeah. Two long, two, two days, one night. And don't have any strict plans other than just enjoying myself. So. I hope whatever you're doing this weekend, you have a great time. Let's turn to some questions. We're, 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 getting, we're getting better with multiple people asking questions, so I want to thank all of you for that. And remember, that's the New Year's resolution for the show. Let's get more people asking questions. If you've never asked a question for First Cup, please do. Post it below. Shout out to Frank for all the work that he does. The joke for Fun Day Friday. Where does the snowman keep all of his money? In the snowbank. On yesterday's episode, we talked about, I don't know how we, oh yeah, we talked about religion and bowing and, and how um, sometimes those seem to be in conflict for people. And Gabe writes in, so there are lots of different ways to bow and most of them include bending at the waist. Yes. But I've seen a few that don't. Those only involve what looked like waving the arms in a somewhat circular motion. Have you seen something like that or know where it's from? Now, I'm not going to stand up and, and get really big with, with this, but I think what Gabe's talking about is uh, like standing in a ready stance and a big arm swing that brings it back down. So it's... Um, I have seen that at the beginning and end of forms competition, bowing in for the form at some tournaments, uh, typically from traditional Japanese martial art practitioners. I've also, I don't know that I've ever seen that in place of bow where you're bending at the waist. I've seen it as part of uh, presenting ready stance uh, in Japanese fudadashi. So maybe that's it, maybe that's not. A bow is a symbol. Uh, in the Filipino martial arts, 
school that I train in, if we have sticks, we have the screamer. Whether it's one or two, one of them goes on our chest, and the other one is up our bow. Is it's just it's this. There's no there's no bending at the waist. Um, when fighters touch gloves, that's the equivalent of a bow. It's showing respect. At least it's meant to be. So, you know, it's, it's funny. Yesterday I, I said I think I would struggle with what to do in these circumstances. If I had a school and I had someone that wanted to train but they were uncomfortable with bowing, I think I would have, try to have a conversation with them. But if they just, if they didn't get it or they couldn't get there or whatever, what if there was more than one way to bow? What if it's bending at the waist? What if it's nodding your head in some way? What if it's, you know, something with the hands, right? There are a lot of ways to bow. Um, I've seen a lot of really elaborate things to open and close forms, which is typically some version of a bow. So what if there was more than one? And when you said, okay, we're gonna bow in or we're gonna bow to each other or whatever, people had a choice. <laughs> I don't know that that would be so bad. I'm gonna keep thinking on that. It's still in conflict in my mind, but I'm feeling a little more uh, flexible as I consider that. Good question, Gabe. It has been said, if you lose your wealth, you have lost nothing. If you lose your health, you have lost something. But if you lose your character, you have lost everything. Woodrow Wilson. President Woodrow Wilson. What do you think? It depends on your perspective. Um, I suspect that the attitude taken to this quote, as written, is about what's easily replaceable. You can always make more money. You can generally get yourself back into health. But if you, if your character is such that people start to distrust you and you, you violate relationships, Sometimes you never get that back. How many people are out there today, you know, on, on TV, paying for mistakes that they made decades ago? Sometimes it's hard to give someone another chance. One of the things I've prided myself on in, in my lifetime I, I, I've never pretended that I'm someone everyone likes. That's fine. People don't always get me. They don't always think I'm funny. They don't always understand where I'm coming from. But I've actually heard people say, 
I was talking to so-and-so and they said, you know, they don't really like you, they don't really get you, but they respect you. You've always been honest and fair to them, etc. And I'll take that. I think that's far more important. I keep my word. I do my best to treat people well. Even the people I don't like. Sometimes especially the people I don't like. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about someone who I just, I don't understand this, this mutual acquaintance. Um, I know them. I don't think they like me. I'm okay with that. But I work hard to make sure that I still treat them kindly and fairly because they deserve that as someone, as a, as a human being. Everyone deserves to be treated with kindness and respect and it's been a while since I've said this on this show but I'll say it again. Everyone deserves the level of compassion you would give if you knew they were contemplating taking their life. Because statistically, you're probably talking to somebody multiple times a week who is. So why not be kind to everyone? Kindness, friendliness, respect. These are the foundations of a healthy society, a healthy martial arts school of good character. And finding ways to develop that skill, to work on it when it's not easy, I think is valuable. We've gotten really, really good at finding reasons to distance ourselves from others. The media and everyone around us has us convinced that there are two sides to every issue, no shades of gray, and that if you disagree with someone, they have to be wrong. And that that person should be ostracized from your life. Which is ridiculous. And I don't bring politics into this show or any part of business. But there are plenty of non-political examples. What was it a couple years ago? Remember the, the dress? Is it black or is it blue? People argued about this. And then more recently, there was the uh, there was an audio clip from from um, some voice sample file or something, and people heard some people heard one word, other people heard another word, and this was consuming people's time. We don't have to draw a line in between each other. We don't have to say that because I think this and you think that, we're in these different camps. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, let's agree to disagree. Because it's our world experiences, it's our history, it's our genetics, it's our upbringing. All these things form our perspective on the world and become part of our character. And sure, character can shift, understanding can shift. 
But if the foundation, if the basics of your character are integrity and respect and honor and all those other wonderful virtues, then the worst thing that's going to happen if you disagree with someone as you talk about it with them is that you learn a little bit more about them and why they think what they think. And that's a good thing. But if you don't have those confident roots, those virtues, etc., it can become really threatening when someone disagrees with you. I have some absolutely brilliant friends, and I love having high-level conversations with them about politics and science and things like that. And quite often we'll disagree. And we come to figure out why we disagree. What is the root of the disagreement? And sometimes we explore that and realize, oh, you know what? We actually agree on this core point, but because I value this thing and you value that thing, the way we interpret them are very different. so we learn. We learn about each other. We strengthen our friendship through our disagreement. Sometimes we just have to say, you know what? You and I shouldn't talk about this thing. But I'm not going to cast aside their friendship because we have a, a different opinion on an issue or a person. It's ridiculous. It has been said, we do not own our cell phones. Our cell phones own us. Emily Post, Guide to Etiquette. What do you think? Yes. So, um, there are some very smart people in Silicon Valley whose job it is to make the apps on our phones as compelling as possible. Here's a great example. You ever open the Facebook app on your phone and you look at your notifications and then you put it down and you do something and 60 seconds later you absentmindedly pick it up. You don't even realize you've done this. And you open it again and there are more notifications that are not from the last 60 seconds. Why? Because Facebook wants to make sure that every time you pick up that app there's something for you to engage with. Why is that? Because it creates a dopamine release. Because these apps literally condition our brain for addiction. We, I don't know how it's going to manifest, but we have to change this. We will change this. We're starting to see some horrible things happen with brain development in children. It's going to get bad. I mean, not, not to mention the, um, what in, in uh, the fitness community is called upper cross syndrome, the idea, you know, your phone, this, like rounded shoulders, right? Rounded shoulders, head forward. You've probably seen people walk walk around like this, like their head looks like it's coming out of the front of their uh, front of their chest instead of top of the torso. That alone is going to create a substantial number of health problems and um, you know, you're going to have people in their 30s and 40s needing back surgery. It's going to be awful. But as we develop things like 
voice command and watches and everything so we don't have to engage in this way, it'll get better. Now, why do the phones own us? Because we can do so much with them. And because the technology is still relatively new. If you take a big setback, every technological advance we've ever had, we see it, we embrace it. We start to realize what the thresholds are, what balance looks like with it, and that always involves pulling back. It's happening right now with car ownership. We have fewer people driving, fewer cars on the road. Frank says he does not own a phone. Awesome. You are not alone, and we're seeing more and more people resisting having a phone. We're going to see more and more people go, doing away with smartphones, having, you know, uh, feature phones, dumb phones, whatever you want to call them. Um, we're seeing the same thing with agriculture. When all of this fancy commercial agriculture stuff started getting big, it made food really cheap. And we realized, oh wait, this isn't great for soil health or the environment or the food that we're producing and thus the people eating it. And so we've had this resurgence in small scale farming and CSAs and organic and everything, right? We're pulling back from the technology. We're, doing, we're gonna do the same thing with the phones. We're already seeing it. And it, it's, it's just human nature. It's how we have to do it. We realize that, hey, here's the thing. It's a cool thing, but it has limits. One of my uh, fundamental principles when I, when I consider the world is that you cannot outscience nature. We have this arrogance as a species that we can figure out how to solve these problems that nature produces. We're still a species in nature. We're still subject to the rules of the world. And even though you can look at it and in, and I would agree in most ways that we are the, the dominant species on earth, right? I mean, we're the ones that make big fancy houses and have gone to the moon and everything. It doesn't mean that we're separate. We're still part of nature. We still have cells and bacteria and need to eat and air and So if you look at cell phones from that rule that I have, that perspective, there's a lot of science going on in a phone. I mean, it's a tremendous amount of science that enables me to sit here in my warm home when it's cold out. Hey Google, what's the temperature? Temperature in Moortown is 24. Oh, it warmed up, it's 24. Uh, yesterday when I woke up, it was like four. I forgot to tell you guys that. Uh, I can sit here in my warm home on a still not a terribly warm day and send you video of my face and you can hear me and there's a lot of technology and science that allow that and that's great. But at some point, how much 
of this watching should we be doing? Right? If we're doing this, there are, there are things that we're not doing. I think for many of us, the phone becomes this thing that we use to fill our space. The, what we would do if we were bored. Well, if you're using your phone because there isn't something else, it's time to find something else. If you're eating, I don't know, what would be the, the last ditch food in my pantry? If I'm eating ramen I don't usually eat ramen like the really bad ramen the cheap like three for a dollar ramen if I'm eating that probably means I need to go to the grocery store if I'm wearing all I'm wearing is dirty clothes that are dirty off the floor I should do the laundry if you're spending all of your time on your phone you need something else to fill your time find something educational or productive or healthy or fun, have a hobby. I like plants. I like going in the woods. I like watching movies, watching television, taking a nap. <laughs> On most levels, I like working. I think that's enough ranting for today. Today's episode got a little ranty. Hope it came through friendly though. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. Certainly not. No more than myself. So. All right. No homework because it's Friday, but here's what I ask of you. Subscribe and turn on notifications. Hit the like button. Leave a comment, including, hey, what's a question for Monday's episode that you would like to hear me answer. If you're listening to this in audio form, you can email me, jeremy at whistlekick.com. And please consider supporting the work that we do here at Whistlekick by sharing things, subscribing to things, making a purchase at whistlekick.com, maybe uh, grabbing a copy of the Martial Artist Handbook on Amazon. Uh, if you want an autograph copy, you can get that at whistlekick.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday. Take care.